Hello, my name is Ryan Pitcher. No podcast for us this week, uh, what with the international break. However, on Monday evening, I did appear on the Aston Villa fan show on Love Sport Radio. Uh, We've got that for you now, uh, so let's get into it. Aston Villa's fans show with myself, Paul Mortimer, and Ryan Pitcher from Heart of the Holt podcast. Ryan, how are you, my friend? Yeah, all good, thank you. You're right. You ready to go? Um, all ready to go. Oh God, I hope you're happy. Villa fans are concerned. Our lack of attacking prowess and goal threat. Um, that's a fantastic place to start. Um, at Markav Parry uh, on the Twitter says, "What's your thoughts on on Villa's attack? Are we struggling as bad?" As, as he fears, especially the wide players? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few things to, to go over here. I mean, um, starting off up top uh, before we go into the wide men, um, we just don't have enough alternatives if, obviously, Big Wes gets injured. It's obviously it's clear to see Jonathan Codger's not part of Smith's hands, and so that leaves us with just young Keenan Davis, and he's, he's not really a goal scorer. Um, you know, he's, he's played, what, 44 times for the Villa, as we did earlier, and scored just just three times. Um, service from out in the wide areas and getting players in and around Wesley and playing off of him is obviously going to be a, a major component in how we're going to do this season from an offensive perspective. And uh, we saw against Everton, you know, it can work. Um, but at the moment, I do agree with a lot of... Uh, the fan base, that we're just not threatening out wide. Um, we've got Al Ghazi, you know, for, for as much as I love the guy for scoring that first goal at Wembley in the playoff final, he just blows hot and cold. And Trezeguet, he seems to work hard, but we're yet to see any real quality from mm. his, as yet at least. Um, still early days there. Uh, Yotta isn't a conventional wide man, and he cuts in a lot and uh, works it a lot in fields and... Uh, we don't really need anything more centrally when you've got McGinn and Grealish. In fact, the only real natural whip that has caused opposition problems is the recent inclusion of our fullback on the right-hand side, Frederick Gilbert, mm. who's quick as anything and, and makes some really good overlapping runs. And it looks like, I mean, with, with four goals in four games, it may well be that you're keeping games tight, that you're gonna, it's just going to be about the odd goal. Because if you consider the games you've lost at, at, at Palace and at home to Bournemouth, it's been by the odd goal. Um, so it, that might be the ploy, is to stay in the game, is to nick it by the odd goal. But even then, you, you're sort of flying by the seat of your pants because if you can't score goals, um, then you, it, the pressure becomes huge on your defence. And is your defence strong enough? Uh, our defence, I, I rate our... As a defensive unit, we're, we're, we're really strong. Uh, Mings and Engels have been superb. I mean, obviously, before the season started, Dean Smith was obviously talking about being, you know, he's not going to change his philosophy, similar to how we played in the championship, and being really offensively minded and attacking minded. Um, but that does, you've noticed in our games that sometimes we do become very overexposed, and, and that's alarming for me. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that we have is we've got McGinn and Grealish in the middle of the park, and we play we play three in the middle with, at the moment, uh, Douglas Louis holding. Now, it's a great problem to have, um, but you just can't leave either the, of them two out. Um, they often get caught up the park a little bit. Um, 
I'm starting to feel that playing both of them <laughs> upsets that balance in the middle of the park a little bit. And I, I, I don't really want to say that because they're just too good to leave out. Um, and all of a sudden, um, when they're up the park, we just get caught on the back foot. And it really does put a lot of pressure on Douglas Louis in front of the back four and can overexpose us quite, quite a bit. Well, I mean, that's going to be a huge problem for you against the bigger clubs who, in transition you know, are breathtaking in the pace at which they move. So if you've got, and, and you know, McGinn and, and, and Grealish are not blessed with lightning pace, especially in recovery. So mm-hmm. you put you, you put so much pressure on your centre-halves and, centre and your goalkeeper to be able to, to stave off what's going to be countless sort of uh, 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 attacks. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, I think, I think what they might have to do, like you said, I think in certain games they might have to play one or the other. And just shore up. It's a horrible thought. <laughs> but, but again, the, the job. Yeah. You know, I, I was speaking to to um, one of the Norwich uh, uh, podcasters, and he was saying, you know, we're going to play a certain way, and that's how we're going to play. Well, they're going to get relegated playing that way. Um, and for you, it's about learning. It's about learning what works. And yeah. sometimes all out of attack might work against certain teams. But yeah, you may have to, and it's in game management too. You may have to. You go two 0 up. And you may have to say, right, we need to just sit in a little bit and manage the game rather than keeping it open and expansive and, and, and offering the opportunities uh, uh, to, to, for, for the opponents to attack your defence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. I mean, we do have uh, Marvellous Nankambo can also play, uh, uh, you know, he is a defensive midfield player. So in theory, you could have two in there if you really wanted to keep things very tight. I do think that does send the wrong message um, to to the players that go that, that cross the white line. Yeah, you know, it, it's playing football is is as much mentality as it is in setup as well. Um, and I think by playing two defensive midfielders, which I, I do think we will have to do at times, particularly against bigger clubs. You know, I mean, um, after the next what half a dozen game, we've we've got back back to back Man City and Liverpool. Now, if we play the way that we do. And, and set up the way that we do against them, we'll get turned over. It's yeah. simple as that. Uh, we, will, we will get absolutely thumped. But, um, you know, uh, it, yeah, I mean, for, for, for the benefit of Aston Villa Football Club, and if we're, you know, talking about staying up, and obviously Dino does get paid to make those decisions at the end of the day. And yeah. if we have to drop one of them, then we have to. It's got to be done. I mean, again, listening to the, the, the Norwich podcasters, they were literally alluding to the fact that attack might be the best form of defence. If that's the mm. case, uh, Chris Rutter, who helps run all things Claret and Blue Facebook page, is talking about yeah. Big Wes. And if you're saying that there's problems coming from wide, how many goals is he going to get? What kind of service is he going to get? And if he doesn't get the service, then what's the point in having him on the pitch? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is the thing. I mean, I've I've been, uh, you know, on, on the podcast. It's something that I discussed a few weeks ago. And I was very keen uh, before the Everton game. And obviously, Big Wes had a great game. I was very keen to get someone in and around him and play. You know, I, I was looking at potentially a 3-5-2 Um which I think would work really well for us. But then when we played in the Everton game, um, he, he got a bit of criticism in the first two games of the season and, and we just appeared to play to his strengths. So maybe it wasn't a case of changing shape. It was more just a case of playing to his strengths. Mm. Um, and, I mean, I think 
I think he will get some goals this season. He'll be bound to be our penalty taker as well when we get set pieces. I think, you know, he'll, he'll be hitting in and around the, the double figures mark, maybe, you know, 10, 11 goals this season. Is that enough where we don't have any other goal scorers really yeah. in the team, proven goal scorers at least? Hmm. That to me isn't isn't enough. We we needed to strengthen there in the summer, and I'd be extremely surprised if we didn't strengthen there in in January. I mean, in terms of from a creative side of things, it is all about you know getting Jack close to him. Um, you know that's that's what he's good at. You know, give him license to roam, get him close to him, and see if he can if he can create some stuff. Uh, there is also an argument, obviously, to bring Connor Hoohan, who we haven't mentioned, into the midfield, who started the season in the middle, and ultimately he was. You know, he was originally brought into Villa uh, a couple of years ago because of his uh, assists and goal scoring, and we've seen that at Barnsley. We've seen it in a Villa shirt as well. Um, but you know, he seems to be a bit not necessarily a forgotten man. But you know, a lot of fans talk about him almost as if like because we have that talent in the middle of the park that you know he, he might not even be part of of the starting eleven, which I, I really can't see because he does offer us so much, particularly from set pieces and free kicks. But what you'll find is as the season goes on. He'll, he will get his chances because, like you said, the squad strength, the depth isn't there. So at some point, he will, what he offers will, will definitely be to Dean Smith's liking. I've got to ask, though, because we're talking about the attack. And again, we come back to the defence. If the attack isn't working and it, you know, not, not scoring enough goals, the defence becomes important. And I'm not talking about at the back. I'm talking about all over the pitch when they haven't got the ball. Um, you know, Andy, um, Andy Villa 999, do we work hard enough without the ball? Because when Dean Smith first came in, he played a pressing game, not just a yeah. high press, but all over the park. And, and you know what? It worked. Now they're in the Premier League. It doesn't seem to be happening. It's almost like they've stopped. Or is it that they're far more wary? Because when you press, sometimes you have to go 1v1. Are they mm-hmm. far more wary of the quality, the gulf in class between the Championship and the Premier League? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, firstly, with the ball, I think with a few tweaks, I think we could be a lot more dangerous with the ball. Um, now, my qualm at the moment is that we're just a little bit predictable through phases of the game. Um, listen, if you stop Jack and, and John McGinn from playing, then effectively you stop Villa from playing. That's not conclusive, but certainly for the large part. Um, now, that's a, a big concern. Teams can just turn up against us and kind of go, you know what? Stop the organ grinder. Stop John McGinn in the middle of the park. Stop Jack you know, um, getting any space to run into and, and you basically nullify our threat and they and then all of a sudden we're just pumping it long mm. to, to Wes and, 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 and we're in trouble. Obviously, yes, without the ball, as you say, uh, you alluded to, that is a worry of mine. Now, as you, as you say, last season, we didn't not just, you know, we played that high press, but we did play it all over the park and it did work for most of the time. And now I've seen us recently, and you do notice Wesley occasionally look to close down the centre halves, um, and then you know he's running them down, and he turns around, and there's just no one, no one there doing the same, yeah. and they're all retreating, yeah. and so it just he just shrugs his shoulders, and 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 you can tell it's just like, well, what's the point of me expending my energy mm. here on top if you're not going to follow? Follow, the, follow me with it, with, with doing it in the midfield areas. Mm. Now, I'm not entirely sure for that change. So, what were you going to say? No, I was, I was just saying, you know, listening to that, it appears that, you know, the team seems to be a fracture in the team because if Big Wes is doing that and the rest aren't with him, it, it appears that there needs to be better communication. So, what will happen if results don't go their way? Dean Smith's been a Villa fan all his life. Is it a place where mm. fans will turn against him? 
and historically, the Villa fan base has been a tough one to please. Um, but I genuinely think that when we went down and the journey that we've been on since, now especially how come uh, how close we came to going into administration with the whole uh, Tony Zia debacle, and and I, I do think that softened us up a little bit, believe it or not. Mm. Um, now, of course, despite how much we all love Dino, unquestionably. Uh, there's always a time that if the club are genuinely struggling and you have a, a prolonged period of little to no improvement, then you have to think uh, what's best for the club. But obviously, it's, it's very hypothetical. We're far from that point yet. And, um, you know, despite the spend over the summer, 95% plus of us, uh, of the Villa fan base, understand that our primary objective is, is merely survival. Um, and even if we were to go down, uh, for as long as you know we weren't disgraced and did a derby, for example, or, or Villa of a few years ago, I think the support would obviously still be there for Dino. We're, we're much better equipped now uh, than we were a few years back under Lerner, and uh, you know for, he's one of us, um, which is just a bonus. We yeah. we know he actually genuinely cares, uh, and that goes a real long way for us. I would I would definitely agree. We'll talk more Dean Smith and a little bit of Tyron Mings. After the break, love sports. Into the last 15 minutes of the Aston Villa fans show with myself, Paul Mortimer, and Ryan Pitcher from Heart of the Holt podcast. Now, Tyrone Mings. Um, I don't know if there's any other player in the England setup that was a mortgage advisor. I think he'd be able to, he'd be able to help them with their their vast mansions. Was he? Tyrone Mings is in the England setup. Um, you might you lot must be delighted to have seen him called up. What is it with supporters of the rival clubs giving him a roasting on social media for his inclusion? What's that about? Well, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I've seen all sorts on social media from supporters of other clubs giving Tyrone uh, the English FA jip for his call-up. Um, it's something that we actually discussed on a podcast last week, and we found a strange amount of Norwich City fans commenting on his call-up and saying how uh, you know Ben, Cob- uh, ben Godfrey uh, was more deserving, and we've also, there was also a lot of Burnley fans touting uh, Tarkowski and obviously me, and, and perhaps they do have a point to a certain degree. You know they've, they've been in well, not Norwich but Burnley, been in the Premier League for a lot longer, um, but there's there's no need to abuse Tyrone Mings about it. You know they're abusing him, they're abusing Southgate, the FA about it. Now everyone's entitled to their opinion, but obviously you know, to share those thoughts and sentiments in a sensible and polite manner. Mm. Um, but what I find really peculiar about these comments that, that he does seem to get off of opposition fans is those that question Tyrone Mings' quality. Now, I just assume that these people have never seen him play. Uh, and I'm not just saying this with my claret and blue blinkers on at all, uh, because I'm honest enough to tell you if I think someone's bang average or they're a poor player, but... I genuinely, and I, don't laugh at me here, right? Um, but I believe he's a better all, all-round player than both Harry Maguire and Michael Keane. Um, I, I, I genuinely believe that. Well, that's a that's a, a that's a statement and a half. I mean, I look at him and I I knew him from when I worked for for Kick It Out. He was one of our ambassadors. So hmm. when he he was at Bournemouth, I remember spending time with him where he had a really bad back injury, and he wasn't quite sure how that was going to go. But, you know, what I liked about him was that I, I think because he'd had time away from football doing other things, he was a realist. And, you know, he wasn't in the cocoon, that bubble that football players uh, normally find themselves in. So I tend to think he just takes everything in his stride at the moment because he appreciates it a lot more. Because, to be honest, when he had his back injury, it could he could have lost it all. It, it could have, yeah. you know, and for him to come back the way he has done, 
big money move to Bournemouth didn't quite work out and proved his point at an even bigger club, Aston Villa, and got them promoted. It's one of those sort of rags to riches fairy tale stories, really. And do you reckon he'll play tomorrow? I I, I really hope so. He, he deserves it. It's a shame it's at, um it's, it's at Southampton, isn't it? Tomorrow. Yeah. So, uh, it's a shame that it wouldn't be at Wembley if if he does get his his first cap. But no, I mean he's look, he's a commodity. He's a left footed centre half, which uh, you know certainly helps his cause. Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, in the Premier League, I yeah. can't I can't think of many. Certainly not any English. What you've got Laporte, Vertonghen, and Ake Sacco. But other than that, Rojo. I can't think of any more, and uh, I say certainly non-English um, left-footed uh, centre-halves. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, listen, as you say, I mean, he touched upon his injuries, you know, and he's 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 just now found his feet. And you know, although I've I've made a bold statement there and saying, you know, I, I think he's better personally than Maguire and Keane, maybe not yeah. as a, accomplished, obviously, due to those injuries. Um, you know. I, I genuinely think, come next summer, and uh, mark my words, we're going to struggle to keep him. Mm. So, someone like an Arsenal are going to come in for him. You, you um, think he's you that know, good? You think he could be that good? He, he, he is that good. I, I, as I say, is I haven't seen a better centre-half down at Villa Park since Martin Lawson easily. Um, the guy can become a cult hero. He yeah. is, his powers of recovery, his passion, his pace... His aerial ability. I Puts know it's his body on the, the line as well. Everything. Mm. The, the full works and he cares. And, and you touched upon his character. You know, he's, he's an intelligent man. Mm. Um, you know, and he's done a lot of, you know, charitable stuff. And he, he just seems a, a genuine, yeah. down-to-earth, nice guy. You so know, you're going to become a, you're going to come come a sell inside then, are you? Because, yeah, he could, he could, if he comes and, and plays for England and does well... Mm. Um, then, yeah, you're right. I mean, Arsenal are struggling for centre-halves, to be truthfully honest. So if he does well up to January, wow, well, you know, it, it, it could happen. I, I would hate to see him go, don't get me wrong. And I, I, I don't think that the, the Villa of old, obviously, I, I know you touched upon as being a selling side, and obviously um, we were previously. Yeah. I, I don't foresee that now uh, simply because of the investment that we've got and, you know, the fact that we do have, you know, a couple of the richest owners in, in the Premier League. But, you know, Smith's obviously got a good philosophy in terms of, you know, he's looking to, to buy players with mm. potential selling value. I know a lot of people gulped at how much we paid for Mings, but... Um, he'll prove his worth and I still think there'll be a margin on that if, if we were to sell well it's probably it's probably worth double do. now one of your other yeah. players that I want to ask you about is is Jack Grealish and mm-hmm. I watched England in the first sort of 20 minutes of that game the other day yeah. and what they were lacking was someone in the middle of the park who could mm-hmm. commit defenders and drive at defenders with the ball he's mm-hmm. different to what we've got why is he not in the squad yet it's a good question, um, and and you have to ask why we're playing two defensive midfielders against a uh, you know a home to Bulgaria anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, James Madison is also would would have been a very good pick. Yes, um, I agree. Being a being a Villa fan, obviously, you know, I'd love to see Jack being picked. I think James Madison is is more deserved. Don't get me wrong, uh, but yeah, you, you're right. We we were missing something like that, and you know, I mean, I look at uh, I know. Deli Ali uh, wasn't included, but I mean, you look at him over the years. Uh, for, for two years, he's not really done anything. Yeah. Um, when he first came on the scene, he he was really good for eighteen months, and we thought he was going to be a big thing, and he hasn't done anything for. No, for he's years. had a lot, a lot of hamstring injuries, which which do yeah. do uh, 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 make it difficult in terms of your movement, your mobility, your yeah. pace. 
You know, yeah. so it's, no, it's difficult. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, by no means am I having a pop there. I know he's had a few a few problems. But no, you are right. I think Jack will hopefully get his time. Um, I've, I've, again, something that we discussed on the podcast, you know, uh, at the end of the day is uh, in these qualification groups and when we're playing these sorts of sides, these are the times where you should be trying stuff, whether yeah. it be different players, yeah. you know, introducing players into into the group, you know, handing out a few caps and stuff, and just giving them the opportunity. It should be about, you know, um, not only bringing in players like Jack Grealish, but obviously, you know, changing shape. See what we can what we can do. We should be turning over these sorts of sides. So by bringing in players like Jack and, and giving James Madison a chance, et cetera, et cetera, and there's no harm in that. See, for me, that's my worry, um, is that he can't get in it now. Because if you consider the midfielders that aren't there, you know you're looking at you 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 you're looking at Loftus Cheek, people like that, Deli Ali, mm-hmm. Hudson Odoi, maybe. You, there's a lot of players who who have played for England in that attacking midfield role who who aren't even there. Jesse Lingard went home. We've got an embarrassment of riches in the middle of midfield, and I I I mean I think Jack really sh- should have been in the squad la- on last season's performances where single-handedly at times he dragged Aston Villa into into winning positions so he was good enough last year I actually thought yeah. just being in the Premier League would get him in it and I'm yeah, surprised and he hasn't been I would and I, and I would agree with that and I think he'll get there in time I think between now and you know uh, next summer and the, and the Euros is uh, Gareth Southgate, as you, as you say, we've, we've got an embarrassment of riches, and and what I do like about Gareth is he's given players opportunities. Yeah. Um, unlike you know England of old, where we kind of you know had a very regimented squad, and you you very rarely saw any change. Maybe because we didn't have that depth for that supposed golden generation. Yeah. Um, but no, I think Jack will be given an opportunity between now and next summer, and hopefully when he does get that opportunity, he grabs it with both hands. Okay, so your third bottom, um, three mm-hmm. points from four games. Only scored, what, four goals, let in six. Um, most teams down there, we were talking to a Norwich City uh, podcast who was saying, no, there's there's three worse teams than us. I'm virtually sure <laughs> they're thinking Villa's one of the three worst sides. Now, looking at the, the games coming up, you've got, you, you look at a cycle of five or six games. Yeah. You've got, you've got a lot of winnable games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you've got, uh, you've yeah. got, you've got a lot of winnable games. We have, yeah, and I, mean, I don't look at the league table this early on in the season. Um, but you're right, yeah, we have got a, a lot of winnable games. You look at, um, you know, we've got West Ham at uh, home next Monday night. Yep. Um, you've got, uh, we've got Arsenal away. But then after that, we've got Burnley, Norwich, Brighton. Yeah. Um, so out of those next four games, um, out of the next five games, sorry, four against clubs that, particularly with three being at home, that you'd expect us to pick up some yeah. points. Um when it comes to, you know, worse sides than us, you know, I know obviously um, Newcastle got three points at, at Spurs, which was a bit of a freak result. Um, I, I genuinely think that they'll, 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 they'll be down. Uh, they'll be, they'll, they're, 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 they're to me, they're the, the ones that are definitely yeah. going down. Um, I still think Sheffield United will struggle. I think, um, you know, they've done a great job there, but I still think they'll struggle. Um, I think their away form isn't going to be up to scratch. The home form's obviously going to be critical. And yeah, uh, Norwich. Uh, listen, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. To you know what? It, it most definitely will. But we'll we'll mm. see. We'll probably speak to you as the season goes on. Yeah, sure. Ryan, thank you very much. It's Ryan Pitcher from Heart of the Holt Podcast. This is Love Sport Radio. <laughs> <laughs> 